0: We're going to start a new series today, so I want you to repeat this after me. Our future, Our future. is greater together. greater together. So the series is on community, and I believe that uh, God has, uh, wants us to understand uh, what community is and what, what its purpose is, and He desires, He has established community And we need to create a value for community. (laughs) Community is something that God has established from the beginning of time, right? And we need to understand what it is, and we need to create a value for community, okay? Um, Community is not something that is new. Uh, It is something that God has established even before time began, all right? So I don't know uh, how how you're wired, okay? Please forgive me, I'm I'm not very eloquent with my English, uh, but I don't know how you're wired, you know, in the way God made you. Uh, And whether you're an introvert, you're extrovert, uh, you are socially adept or you're socially awkward, uh, whatever it is that that you think your personality type is, uh, it, it doesn't matter because God has created, given every single person, A community. And he's put a deep desire in your soul, a deep desire for relationship. And when I say community, uh, it's the, the desire on the inside of every human being is to know someone and be known. Okay, there's a deep desire. Forget about your titles, forget about your business, forget about your, you know, who you are, where you come from, all of that kind of stuff. If you boil it down to to the basic of all basics, the reason why God created you, he put a desire on the inside of you for you to know another human being and to be known. Is that clear? To know another human being and to be known. How many of you feel special on your birthdays? Put your hand up. Feel special on your birthday? You don't feel special on your birthday? Oh, spirit of understanding, spirit of understanding, come. <laughs> How many of you feel special on your birthday? Put your hand up. Right. Uh, why, why do you feel special on your birthday? Is it because people give you a lot of attention? <laughs> yes, it's, it's true. I mean, it's true. But the fact that you desire the attention on a special day means that you want people to know you that it's your birthday. Yeah. So that they celebrate you. Yeah. Yeah. Should I keep going on? Well, what about your anniversary? Oh, oh hold on. The Valentine's Day is coming, Sam. No pressure. No pressure. It's next week. Right? We're in church on Valentine's Day. I mean, that's phenomenal. Right? If you're thinking of going on a date, well, the safest place to go on a date is Church. I think before you can date somebody, another human buddy, why don't you date Jesus for a little bit? I think it'd be really cool if you date Jesus, get to know him. If you're a guy, you can date Jesus. He's absolutely cool. You can get, it's so awesome to date Jesus because when you hang out with Jesus, you become more like him so that when you, when, when somebody else, another girl is hanging out with Jesus, she recognizes Jesus in you. And then that's the perfect match because Jesus is getting to know Jesus on the inside of everybody, right? So deep down on the inside of us, whether we know it or not, God has placed a hunger for community. Yeah. Not your community that you come from in India or Africa or, you know, wherever you come from, or the Philippines. But a community that God has created for you that becomes the source of life for you. You know, the, it, it, now I'm going to go into a little bit of doctrine. Is that Okay. Don't, don't fall asleep. Okay. Doctrine is very good. Theology is awesome. Okay. When, when we understand the most foundation, the most foundational of all doctrines is the Trinity. Whether you believe it, whether you understand it or not, we all made a choice to believe that God is a three-part being. His Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. So if you don't know what the Trinity is, today you'll find out. Praise the Lord but in in, there's god the father god the son and god the holy spirit they are one person but they have three different expressions okay so the trinity in itself god in himself is a community you understand god doesn't need community as in he doesn't come and hang out on the earth because he has a need of community There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and they have three different identities, personalities, character traits, and that's what makes community so special. And on the inside of us, how boring would it be if we hang out with the same type of people all the time? And so community, if you understand the Trinity, there's God the Father, he has his own personality, his own character, his own nature. And then you have the Son who has his own character, his own nature, his own abilities, and then you have the Spirit. All three, the same person, but having different attributes. Okay? And so it's easy for God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Spirit to hang out with one another. It's so easy for them because they are, they're a community in itself. Yeah. Sure. If, you, if, you, if you agree with me, just nod your head, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 say an amen, anything, anything. It's yeah. 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 fine, awesome. yeah. And so you have now a community that existed before time began. Wow. Yeah. That's right. And so God now, when he began to create man, he created man in his image and likeness. Genesis chapter 2. When he created man in his image and likeness, he created man into a three-part being. Body, soul, spirit. But what man did not have was community. He had the attributes of God, but in the same person. Oh, come on. There was nobody for Adam who was different. Who was equal, but had attributes. Who, 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 who They couldn't agree to disagree. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so God looked at him. He had man. He looked. God looked at Adam, and he, he was lonely. He was lonely. Let me tell you something. You can be the most accomplished person on the planet. You can have the purpose of all purposes in your life. I mean, you can be the businessman that shakes the world and you can do all great and awesome things, but if, you are, if you're not in community, you are the most lonely person on the planet. Yeah. Hello. Your purpose is not your community. Your business is not your community. Your work, the function of work, is not your community. So if you think that you can get satisfied just by working, just by your titles, just by your position in church, just by all of this stuff outside of the community, you're the most lonely person on the planet. If you can ask people who are suicidal, okay? What is the number one reason why they want to commit suicide? They say, well, it's depression and oppression and all that kind of stuff. But if you boil it down, they're just bottom line lonely. So God has established community to be a place, a source of life, so that you could actually fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? He forms the earth, then he makes a garden, and in the garden, he forms man and puts him. He places him in the garden. A community is not something you choose. A community is not something that, hey man, you know what, I want to join that church because I, have, I can actually add value to the ministry, and I can do this, and I can do, this. no, 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 no. A community is God has established a community and he has established you to be placed in that community even before you function. Mm. Even before you get on stage and start preaching and doing your hula hoops on stage. Hello. Amen. Are you with me? Before you even think of titles and, and degrees and all doctrines and all that kind of stuff, before you feel established in yourself and your identity, God established for you to be in community yeah. why It's because he made you in his image and likeness if you are not in the place that God established you are lonely yeah. and a lot of Christians are lonely because you can't hang out with church people church people feel like inferior I need to hang out with the heighty flighty of society that's when I feel like, you know, are, I can rub shoulders with the, with the, you know, the who's who and the, you know, what's what of society. That's when I feel like my identity is being formed. But actually, there's a false identity being formed. And God has established for every human being to be placed in a community. And it is in that community that you learn to thrive and grow. See, it is in the community, in the garden that God told Adam that he would be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Yeah. Which means, listen to me very carefully. This city will eventually look like your church. Yeah. Amen. Come oh. yes. on. Yes. Awesome. Gone are the days when we think, oh, you know, we need to bring the culture that is in the city into the church so that people can relate No. They will do it if there's no community. But if there is a community that is formed based on the values of the kingdom, now the kingdom begins to advance. Because every other value system will bow down to the value system of the kingdom. Are you with me? So it's very important for us to understand that in order for us to to be, to be fulfilled, uh, existence, the fact that you are alive and God created you and gave you life. In order for you to be fulfilled, you need to be placed in a community. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. It's very important. Today, I'm going to remove uh, seeds of offense that people have had in, in their mind because of bad relationships in the church. Amen. Okay? It's very important that you understand this, Amen. that God has established you and I to be in a community. So God placed man in the garden, and in the garden, he said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. So the community becomes the sort of bed, sort of ground, that way you plant seeds in it, becomes the ground from which you become fruitful, but carried the authority outside of the garden to take the garden and make the earth into the garden. Do you understand? God spoke to him in the garden and said, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish thee. The earth, the garden was not all over the earth. It was only in one place. So which means what you believe in this community is what will spread out into the city. What you practice in this community will spread out into the city and into the nations and the world. How many of you love this community that you are a part of? That's right, come on. And so now you have man who, who, was, who was meant to be fruitful, multiply and replenish the earth in the garden, makes a mistake. Yeah. See, but the, but the thing about man is that God told him, you can eat of any tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. I know we've done Genesis for the last five years, but it's absolutely fine. Genesis has been, been done for thousands of years. Yeah. It's a good thing. So God told him you can eat of any tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You agree? Okay. So when they fall, God throws them out of the garden. But they still eat. They still eat. Why? They had to toil, they had to work the ground, and they had to grow crops, and they eat. So they ate. So food was not the source of life. food in the garden outside of the garden was not the source of life the source of life was the fellowship with God and the tree of life where was it it was in the it was in the it was fellowship with God God would come in the cool of the day to fellowship with man and he would speak to Adam face to face And then there was a tree of life, which they were supposed to eat off the tree of life and live forever. Hello. They left the garden and they started dying. (laughs) They left the garden and that's when Adam's number, the countdown started. Yeah, he lived for over 900 years for sure. But it started. So it had nothing. Life had nothing to do with the food they were eating. It had everything to do with who they were connected to in the community. So God, was, God had established the garden to be a place where he would interact with man. So fast forward that now to Jesus. Jesus dies on the cross and he takes the sin of the world upon his shoulders. And whoever believes in him will not die but have... What, you, what would he have everlasting yes. so what did god do he took away the sin the cause, the thing that caused death he took away it. sin separates you from god so every time you're separated from god you start dying oh come on now every time you are separated from god you start a lot of people would say the stupid things like this, i don't need the church I don't need a community, man. I, I can go and do things by myself. I can survive by myself. Yeah, you can survive by yourself, but you are causing what I call spiritual amputation to take place in your life. And You can say, well, you know, brother, this church is too loud for me. <laughs> you can't help it. God established that you would be in this community today. God has established it. So you have to remove the offense of loud sound. Woo! And you have to remove the offense of time limitations. Yeah. Oh, I can only sit in church for one hour. I need the service to be one hour 31 minutes. Anything longer than that, I cannot handle. So basically what you're saying is, I want to stay connected to the source for one hour 31 minutes. Wow. Community. This group of people right here. God loves you. He likes to hang out with you. He loves to be with you. In fact, he established you before the foundation of the world. Ellington, he established that you would be sitting in this chair even before the foundation of the world. You're telling me you have only an hour and a half to give to him? Come on, man. The God who lives outside of time you're telling him that I have only this much time for you. He, it's not, it doesn't match his nature. He can bend time. Which, what, which is what happens to our services all the time. See, what we are, what we're not used to, we're used to religion. We're used to entertainment. Entertain me, otherwise I'll find another community. We're you to entertain you. Because in the garden, there was no entertainment for Adam. There was no worship team for Adam, either. Come on, Adam, sing the song, the fire. Adam, you're, you're going to get out of the fire, Adam. Come on now. <laughs> there was, we've, we've, we've created this inferior relationship with God. We've created this inferior relationship with our community. And so we treat it like it's an attendance. I just, I just want to attend. I'm just coming to church to attend. Let me tell you, if what I'm about to say to you, if it drops in your heart, your life will change completely. Amen. So the title of my message today, that was my introduction. OK? So, <laughs> this is the only church in the world where preachers love to come to preach. Right? So the title of my message. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? You sure? It's the synergy in community. That's the title of my message today. Okay? So I want you to go to Deuteronomy chapter 32. We're going to start there. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 30. Someone say advantage. Advantage. How could one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight? unless their rock has sold them, and the Lord had surrendered them. Okay? I know you're looking at me as if like, what? How are you going to preach from that one? Just wait. (laughs) Read it again. How can one chase a thousand, and two put ten thousand to flight, unless their rock had sold them, and the Lord had surrendered them? Okay? Now, look up. It's going to go now, like that. Ready? Good. So the context of this verse is really Moses is singing a psalm, uh, to a hymn to his people. Uh, and what's happened now is God's told Moses, Moses, visa cancel, no promised land. Okay, we understand this language. <laughs> it's like, no visa, buddy, no, no visa, no going in, cancelled. Eh. So uh, Moses says, okay, Lord, uh, who do you have in place? So Moses says, uh, God says, I have Joshua, the man who's after my presence. I'm going to have him take. So okay, great praise the Lord. They, they anointed Joshua, and now Moses is this his goodbye speech. <laughs> He's singing, singing to the church, bye bye love. <laughs> anyway, you guys are so spiritual, you don't know that song, but so. Moses is saying goodbye to the people, but he's establishing certain truths that will guide Israel into the promised land because they've been led by a very strong leader for some time and they've gotten comfortable with having a strong leader and now there's a new leader that God has put in place. Some of you have come from different churches and that's absolutely okay, but now this leader looks a little different, speaks a little different, dresses a little different, Goes a little deep in the word, a little different compared to other people, and sometimes it can cause you to question. It can cause you to uh, not agree. It can cause you to uh, be in a place of uh, constant negativity. Mm -hmm. Your silence is deafening. (laughs) (laughs) So which means I'm right. So, you you have now Joshua who's in this place. And Moses is telling, he's giving the people a sort of a a riddle, a mystery. Okay? And he's saying, if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. Hello. He's talking about them. He's encouraging the people of Israel to stay committed to Joshua. To stay united with one another under Joshua's leadership. Do you understand? The power, he's teaching them the power, the synergy that is in community. Amen. And it says this, that there is a... And no, he's not saying, I'm saying, I'm interpreting his, what he was trying to say to Israel because they didn't get it. Okay, so we're getting it. Right. So what, what, what the Lord is teaching us in this place is that there is a synergistic grace that comes upon a, an individual that is in a community. There's a grace that comes upon you to do the things in the strength of the Lord. Do you understand? What does he tell Joshua? Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do you understand? I am with you. What is he trying to say? He's saying if one person can put 1,000 demons to flight, two normal thinking, natural thinking, should be two people who put 2,000 to flight. Do you understand? Even if you come and you, you pray in your hardest and you do all that kind of stuff, towns tongues and cast out all demons that don't exist, whatever it is that you do, that you, are, you come together with somebody and you should be able to cast out 2,000. You should be. Yeah. But there's something that happens when two come in agreement. Come when you come into a community of people that, that are believing for the same thing. Mm. When You must understand, when two people come together, you don't just cast out 2,000, you cast out 10,000. Are you with me? The power, the synergy that is in a community is when when Priya and I come in agreement about the same thing, we don't just cast out just 2,000. We don't just solve 2,000 problems, we're solving 10,000 problems. So you would ask me, well, you know, where's this in the new covenant? I'm glad you asked me that. Jesus talks about it, right? In Matthew chapter 12, he talks about it and he says, if two agree. Where? Okay, I need you to go there because you need to see it in the scripture because there is a key in there that is absolutely phenomenal. Sorry, Matthew 18. And verse 19. And Jesus, again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in so you now have been praying for a certain breakthrough all your life you've been praying 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 god i need a a new job god i need a promotion god i need the salary increase god i need i want miracle signs and wonders to break out of my life great that's absolutely awesome and when god does it in your life your capacity is only a thousand do you understand your capacity for a breakthrough is only thousand but there's something that changes Something that changes in the atmosphere of heaven. Something that changes God's heart towards you. God has blessed us, all of us. God has anointed us. God has blessed us with gifts that are phenomenal. But you by yourself are limited. You by yourself are limited. And so now God is saying, I've placed an advantage in a community. In a group of people who come together and agree on something that you're praying for. So if two people agree on earth, there's a synergistic grace that comes upon these two individuals that what you used to do, it becomes times 10. What you used to accomplish, it increases by times 10. Oh, come on now. What, what does that look like? If you, if you understand what 1 Corinthians 12 talks about, he says that the, that the expression of the Holy Spirit is he, ha, he gives gifts. Are you with me? The, the, the way Jesus uh, expresses himself is through the ministries. But the way the God the Father expresses himself is through activities. Please remember this. Activities is very important. Which means that God acts. He doesn't sit. Oh, come on. God acts on your behalf. He doesn't just sit there. He doesn't just say, okay, Jesus, now you go do it, Jesus. No, Jesus finished his work. Now God acts. So what happens now when you need a breakthrough in your life and you're agreeing for a breakthrough and you have somebody who comes next to you in your community, not outside, in your community and says, listen, I'm going to come alongside you and I'm going to pray. And what happens there, ladies and gentlemen, is that the realm of the heavens opens over your life. And now what you could have accomplished, just the two of you could have accomplished 2,000, God says, listen, you give me that and I will give you 10,000. Do you understand the power that God has released to a community is not like what you experience outside of community. You can say, well, you know, I'm, I'm very accomplished and I have power in the city and I have an authority in the city. I don't need to be in a little church like Life Church Global. I don't need to come to church. Ladies and gentlemen, when you do that, when you make that your choice, when you say the job that God gave you is the job that takes you away from the very community that prayed for you to get a job. Yeah. Hello. When you say that job is more important for me than I need to go and work, now what you're doing is you're saying, God, God, thank you that you acted on my behalf. Thank you for the breakthrough. That's all I need you to do. That's all I want you to do. We're not saying, hey, God, I understand that my job and my salary meets my need on the earth, pays my bills. But the source of life For me to exist, my existence itself comes from my interaction with you in the community. You understand? It comes from within the community. The tree of life now has become the body of Christ. You understand? It's his body. He established it from the cross. He established it from our new beginnings when you became a new creation he established that the place where you come and you live and you have your being and you build relationships with people and you build rela- and you build deep connection with people is the place where you really find a deep source of life that comes from God it's very important that you understand this concept it's i don't recommend church hopping but i do recommend church staying yeah. yes. <laughs> You understand? I do recommend it. Because we make it all about, hold on a second. We make it all about personalities. I like John singing. That's why I'll come only for worship. But I don't like John's preaching shouts too much. If you know what God did for John, (laughs) where he brought him out of, do you know the pit that I was in? Let me tell you something. You know what saved my life? It was worship leading in a community. (laughs) Do you know where I found my call? To be a pastor? It was not in a bar. Not in a club. It was in the community. It was in the group of people that God chose for me to be in. He chose for us to be established in that place for a time and season. So that we could discover the source of life that is in this community. Do you understand? Don't disregard the church. Don't place a, a, a lesser value on his body. Are you with me? Don't place, don't say things like, oh, you know, I don't need the church. I don't need this church. I don't need, I don't. Need, I don't, I don't. I think I can watch God TV and TBN, and I can give my money to Brother Dinakaran, who's also already dead. But you're still sending money to Dinakaran, and you're doing—you believe that you know miracles are still happening, and you don't know where the money is going. What God TV is doing with the money? Nothing, absolutely nothing. But you're still doing it anyways because you have more faith in things outside than you have in your own community, and it's very sad because we have relationships issues with people. We have personality differences between people and we think that is what God is like. And we think that's what God is like. Oh, you know, I grew up in a a tough background, brother. My parents did not love me, so I'm looking for love. So I came to the church. But then, for the first time, they welcomed me. (laughs) They called me to this thing called Connect Hub. And I went to get connected because I thought I, got, I would get love, but then I got hub. Hug, hug, hug. And then after that, they sent me to another group. And I expected to be loved, but I'm not loved. I don't feel loved. In fact, they're telling me that you should love. <laughs> I came to this church to receive a blessing, but then here they're saying, give and become a blessing. What kind of community did God bring me into? (laughs) Do you know, you're like clapping like this, do you know for a person who's sitting in this room for the first time, or a person who had never been to church, this is foolish. (laughs) It's like, what is this stuff? What are you guys on, man? (laughs) Jesus. Why do you laugh so much? You know, some people ask me the question on my messages. They, they send me, why, why, do, why does he have to laugh so much during his message? <laughs> you don't understand how much of joy I have on the inside of me. You know, it, it's like we, we, we have uh, different kinds of expression for different places. You know, when we go to Catholic Church, we have one kind of expression. We go to Anglican Church, we have an expression. Then we go to Life Church, we have an expression. And then we go to a club, one, one kind of expression. And then we go for a concert, Life Concert. It's like, ah, everybody's screaming, music's loud. Nobody's complaining. Nobody goes to the sound guy at the back at a concert and says, brother, please, the sound is very loud. <laughs> but in, when you come to a church and community, everybody's super sensitive. It's like, my ears all of a sudden started painting today. And so I came out of church and this started, hurting. my ears are hurting. No. Amen. See, the, the problem is that, you know, we, we don't have what I call tolerance. Yeah. Tolerance. Amen. Tolerance. You don't, we don't, <laughs> we, we create, your personality sets me on edge. <laughs> I thought you were a good guy. <laughs> I thought you were a nice guy. I want to tell you, nice guys don't go to heaven. (laughs) Because to to be a nice guy, you have to bend the truth. Jesus is not a nice guy. He's the truth. So in a community like this, we speak the truth. So it's too truthful to me. Pastor, you have to be pastoral when you're speaking the truth to me. (laughs) Like you can't tell me my sin issues are a problem in my life. You have to tell me my sin issues in a nice way. You have to pat me, and you have to make me feel loved, Pastor. <laughs> you see what, what, what the church has become? It's an overly seeker-sensitive society. It's about me, me, me. Mm. Me. <laughs> it's not about you. Amen. Today is not about you, Ricardo. It's about me. I came here for a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about you. <laughs> There's no me in community. Amen. You understand? Oh, right. There's you yes. in community. <laughs> uh, do you understand? Yeah. Common unity. So, what do we have in common? Jesus. Excellent. Excellent. So since you said that, let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. First, my wife said, say 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. First. There was nothing before that. First community. Uh, 1 Corinthians, sorry. (laughs) Uh, I'm telling you, you are going to be buzzing with this word. Community, community, community. Chapter 12, okay? Just open your Bible, just wait there. (laughs) you okay are you ready to go deep you must understand that we don't go back to the garden anymore when God is not trying to recreate the garden (laughs) in our lives (laughs) do you understand the garden has changed into the community the body okay You're part of a a body of Christ. Okay? Please, I know it's very foundational, but you need to understand that. Every person that is in this room is a vital member of that body. If, now, I'm just saying the way God created the body, the human body, is if you, you know, Jesus says, if an eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Would you be able to survive? Yeah. Bad question. Papa, <laughs> if you have one eye <laughs> would you be able to see? Yeah. You survive. Yes. But what happens to the eye that is taken out? Hmm? It dies. It what it dies? Wow. <laughs> it dies. No seriously, seriously. you must. Know that God finds you very, very important to the body. All your gifts, all your talents, all everything that God has given you, exists for the body and for the betterment of the community. Do you understand? If you are plucked out of the community, the community goes on. You're the one that struggles. I've seen people, I've been in ministry for 26 years. And I can, my God, I, people don't get it. They just feel, they get offended with what happens in church. Pastor says, we're going right. No, no, we should go left. <laughs> no, you're not accountable to God. I am. Yeah. Do you understand? I stand before God and I'm like, God, what do we do? We're going right. Okay, we're going right. Everybody, let's go right. The cloud is moving. Do you understand, when a person begins to think that they know better than the one God chose, you're challenging the knowledge of God. So you're saying, God, what you're, te- what you're leading this man to do, I don't agree because this is not the way church should be done. Hello. And so because of that now, I'm going to alienate myself from the community because they should know who I am. You cannot survive without me. They've done that to the church for the last centuries. They tried to kill them. They tried to martyr them. In fact, the church grew more. So don't think that the church rises and falls on one person. Not even the pastor of the church. God loves you so much that he he saved John. Do you understand? God loved you so much that he chose John before he was even born. (laughs) That is how important you are. Your transformation, right? Everything that you're experiencing in your life, God established it in your life, but he chose that man. He's not not made a mistake. He's He's not made a mistake with you, neither with his choice. But you are very, very important to him. But you will function and thrive only in the community. It's very important. The eye cannot think that the leg is not important. Do you understand? What? Just, just think now. Okay. One day, you wake up in the morning, and your legs decided to go for a walk. (laughs) You woke up in the morning. Your alarm rang, and you're trying to turn, and you can't. (laughs) Hey, where did you go, man? You call, try calling your leg because your phone is always in their pocket. <laughs> try calling your leg. Hey, where you gone? No, I just took the dogs for a walk. <laughs> I'm coming back. I'm coming back. The minute you detach yourself from the body, listen to me, you start dying because life is in the body. God created the body to function. Every organ supports the other organ. The eyeball cannot say, I, the other hand is not important. Yeah. If you have to talk to, it's like the eye, if he has a problem with both the hands, if he has a problem with one hand, he talks to the other hand. Cut the other one. Doesn't happen. Does it happen? I hope it doesn't happen in your life. <laughs> so in the church, we bring in divisiveness. And we say, well, you know, Shandley, not a good guy. Not a good guy. We create this gossip and create division in the church. And then eventually the two people who you're talking about leave the church and there's no value that's added to their life. In fact, they start fading away. And you sit there in the church, still creating problems. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Thank you. We think that we're the beginning and end of Jesus Christ's church on the earth. (laughs) Come on, just humble yourself a little bit. Just a little bit would be fine. Have a little bit of humility that says, I can't do it without Chris. I can't do church without Chris. I can't do life without Maria. I can't do life without Sam and Althea. I can't. It, their agreement with my prayers is what really brings the breakthrough in my life. Not, not at a stage where it's only 1,000. Now it's 10,000. Your, your addition to my life and our relationship causes us to have exponential growth in our lives. Are you with me? There's importance. You can't look at personality traits and say, oh, no, 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 not important. You can't look at character and say, well, you know, I don't agree with this person leading the church. Well, good for you. Actually, bad for you. It won't work out for you very well in the long run. Because God will hold people accountable according to the measure of the calling and the gifts upon their life. You are not God. Don't hold people accountable. Do you understand? Don't take God's place as a judge in people's lives you be a judge over your life. Amen. Judge yourself first. Judge yourself. If you're walking in the image, the transformation or the renewing of the mind is for you to be transformed into the image and likeness of the Son. Measure yourself against Jesus according to the scripture and then judge yourself and say, Lord, am I walking the way Jesus walked? Am I loving people the way Jesus loved? Am I sacrificing my life for the people in my community? Am I sacrificing my life for my wife and my children? You've got to measure yourself according to Jesus, not according to your pastor. Amen. Come on now. Yes, so Hello. Yes. Are you here today? Yes. It's awesome. Are you in 1 first, first Corinthians 12? Yes. <laughs> right. Let's read from verse 12. Are you there? Are you there? Verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So basically what he's saying is we are all one body. Although we have different members, different expressions, different gifts, different talents, at different levels, different races, different castes, different colors, all of it, one body. We're all one body. Say one body. Now I'll push you a little further, okay? Can I push you a little bit further? Can I challenge your religion a little bit? Okay? We are part of one body in this community, but this community is a part of a bigger body. Not a denomination. on, Please, listen to me very carefully. Yes, we have a different expression, but we're all part of the same body. The Catholics are part of this body. The Presbyterians, brother and sister, and whatever they are, Anglican, doesn't, Baptist doesn't matter. We're all part of the same body. Yeah. You have only two hands, two legs. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you, Jesus. Each of them have different functions. Yeah. The Anglicans are doing a phenomenal job with their revelation. Amen. The Baptists are doing phenomenal with their revelation. Yeah. But it's not the beginning and end of the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. The Catholics are doing phenomenal with what they do. I mean, have you watched the movie Two Popes? Absolutely awesome movie. I love the new Pope. Right. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. Verse 13. For by one Spirit, say Spirit, Spirit. we were all baptized into one body where the Jews or Greeks, where the slaves are free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. 17 if the whole body were an eye oh my gosh Paul where would be the hearing if the whole (laughs) if the whole were hearing where would be the smelling (laughs) I would love to know who's the nose in the church (laughs) who's the nosy one (laughs) well (laughs) anyway I wanted to say something I'm not going to say it because that's not who you are I'm defining you as a community now Verse 20, but now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor can, nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Can you imagine your head just bobbing around all over the place without legs? I mean, this is, but this is the state of the church. I can't. <laughs> no, much rather, these, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. Right, we'll stop there for the moment. Let's see how far I can push you today. So we, we understand. We're all different. Shanley, can you please stand up? Chris, can you please stand up? Hurry up, man. <laughs> no, come, look at these awesome people. No, so, Do they look the same? No. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you something. The way Shanley looks, his wife thinks the world of him. Did you say I hope? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. OK. I want to try again. <laughs> yeah, with this, I think this side is better. So Paul now is talking <laughs> I'm moving on. Paul is addressing a systemic problem in the church. We look at two individuals and Sam is a phenomenal drummer. So we elevate him. El Haji has just come to our church. We give him attention for some time, but after that, when we get to know him and we we see that his skill set are not like Sam, we create a a social <coughs> What's the word? Dispar- disparity, her- her- yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> we, we create this, this honor is given to the one who is stronger, who is, has more muscles, has better drumming technique, has better communication, pastoral skills, has, is better, slightly better than the other one. So we create a place of honor. They have an aura around them. And you create that aura for them. But then the other person sitting next to them, you haven't, you got to know, but then you found out they were not as aura-like as the other one. <laughs> and so now you, you treat this one with less attention and you give this one more attention. And Paul is trying to address this, that there's a systemic problem in the church that has been in the church since the church began. And so, Paul now is addressing a social stratification that is happening in the church. I know, it's a big word. Bam! Came out. The socially stratified. Oh, bam! It's like, wow, Pastor John's gone through the dictionary. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a good word. I'll explain it. And what it means is that we create a, a hierarchy and a... And a false value system upon people who we think are better off in society. If you look like you're a successful businessman, then I'll give you attention. But if if a person who's a laborer in the church, praise the Lord, brother, praise the Lord. Oh, he's smelling, he's smelling, he came from from the campsite, so it must be like smelling. I don't want to hug, if I hug then, you know, I smell like him and then everybody thinks I'm smelling. Hello. I've been in the church for 26 years, I know the problems. We're socially stratified. We create this division, and Paul is trying to address this division in the church. And he's saying, You must learn to discern the body. Discern the body that you're a part of. Discern the community that God has called you to be in. Because when you discern the body, you will realize that whether you're a laborer or a businessman or a multi million billionaire, whatever it is, you can add your zeros on top of that, it doesn't matter. Why? It's because we've all been baptized into the same spirit. Yes. Hello. Yes. We've all been baptized into the same spirit. We've all drunk of the same spirit. Yes. What that means is this: that Alejandro's spirit Liz, thank you. Lizelle's spirit. Sam spirit. Sam spirit. Sounds like a... <laughs> Altier spirit. Now I can go name everybody in this room. All your spirits are not individuals. We all have the same spirit. Come on now. Amen. Which means what, what, who Ellington is spiritually... I am the same. You understand? There's no difference. We might look different. We might have different expressions of gifts. We might have different expressions or strengths and weaknesses. It might be different, but bottom line, is Shanley and me, same? If you sit at the back of the church, you and the pastor have the same spirit. We must come into this understanding that we've all been baptized into the same spirit. You have been anointed by the same spirit. I'm done with this revelation. of saying, come, we'll have an anointing service. Today I will anoint you. I fasted and prayed. I'll give you special fasting and prayer anointing. You cannot anoint people more than what God has anointed the person. Oh, come on now. You walked into the church for the first time. You got saved today. Let me tell you something. You've been baptized with the same Holy Spirit that Jesus was baptized with. The same Spirit. So don't try to morph yourself or conform yourself into the pastor's image and likeness. Your your mind is being renewed not by the pastor's letters to you. Your mind is being renewed by the word of God. And so for for too long, we've been creating disciples after our own image and likeness. And not the image and likeness of Jesus. Who is the son, the only son. The only begotten of the father. And so you have this, all of us carry the same spirit. Now the minute you step out of the community... You don't lose the spirit, but you lose fellowship. You lose community. You lose this grace that enables you to do more than enough. Superabundant grace is what you lose when you miss out on a community. Now, there are people who who genuinely work on a Friday and they genuinely work on Tuesdays and can't make it to life groups and stuff. But I want to encourage you, make a church gathering a priority. Value it, because when you value it, what you're saying is, God, the source where you are breathing life through, where you are feeding me, where you are giving me life, abundance of life, I'm valuing that place. And when you value that place, can you imagine you come, I mean, I would love for people to come to our Abu Dhabi life group. It's phenomenal. You cannot come into our life group and get away with just saying anything. Do you understand? You can't say, well, I have a headache. Instantly, they will, they will speak against it. You can't come into this church and say, in fact, people have done this. They say, well, you know, Pastor, I came here because uh, I need a job. Oh, you, what happened? You, you lost your lost job? Oh, praise the Lord. Every, you lo- something negative happens. Our, our natural state is to go in the opposite direction. And we say, oh, great, you lost your job? Praise the Lord. We're going to get a new job for you. We release a new job for you. We release a promotion, the breakthrough. We release it. So we're not, we're not intimidated by the size of the problem because we know that in this community, I have two people who will agree with me. If I have two people who agree with me, now your blessing increases times 10. So, so if you lose your job, you're going to get a job which is 10 times better than your previous job. Come on now, come on now, I don't know, I don't know about you but, come on man, that tells me something about what God has established in a community. They say, well, you know, I'm a businessman, praise the Lord, well, I lost a client, come here, come to this community because there are a group of people who are willing to agree with God and with you for your blessing. Come on now. So Paul is was dealing with social stratification. Okay? You must understand, it's so horrible. It's horrible in the church. It was like this that when they would all gather in the church, they would all gather together, they would do communion. They would have, they would, their communion was not just, you know, little juice and bread, it was a full feast. And because there was social stratification happening in in, in the church, the the rich and the the ones who were hidey-flighty of society would come first and sit at the table. They would come and sit at the table and they would eat like gluttons and they would drink till they got drunk, not realizing that they were not recognizing the people who were sitting, waiting for them to finish the food. They were not sitting, they, were just, they, were just, they, they only wanted to feed themselves. Wow. They were not thinking about the people who were sitting, waiting for them to finish their food so that they can go and eat. And when they would go and eat, they would eat the crumbs of what is left from what these people ate. And so there was this problem that was happening in the Corinthian church. And Paul is dealing with this. They were gifted. They were talented. Prophetic. The church was growing. They were doing miracle signs and wonders. But he says, I have this problem with you. Social stratification in the church. And he was dealing with them in this verse. The second thing that he was dealing with was individualism. 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 And what individualism is, is that I don't want to conform to the value systems of the church. I am an individual. I celebrate you as an individual. Let's be individuals. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong place to be an individual. <laughs> because we're all being transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus. Yeah. See, people are, have been hurt in church, I understand, by other people. I do understand. But that's relationships. Just because your wife hurts you doesn't mean that you're divorced tomorrow. Hello. You don't break covenant just like that. Just because somebody says something wrong. I mean, can you imagine my wife? The things that I've said. The things that I've done. But covenant says, hold on. No matter your flaws, I'm not here for your flaws. I'm here to make sure that Christ renews your mind and you are conformed to the image and likeness of Jesus. Jesus. So individualism in the church has been breeding silently. You walk into this room and you think you're an individual. You're not. You're part of a body. And your responsibility, please listen to me very carefully, your responsibility is to be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus. Not another man, not another woman, but Jesus. We're too scared of being conformed. What if they brainwash me? Well, let's brainwash you with the word. Amen. Come on. Brainwash it with the word. Your brain needs some washing. Actually, <laughs> are you with me? Yes. And so we have people who are just you, you, you. You are you, and I'm me. Yeah. We cannot be one. Yeah. We cannot be conformed into the image and likeness of Jesus. You, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's very. It's a. It's a cancerous thing in the church. Because people walk in as individuals and they stay as individuals. They don't commit to relationships. They're too scared to commit to relations, too scared to, I, know, I, I just came to visit your church. <laughs> I just came to visit the life group. I, I'm, not, I'm not here for, for good. Why did you come? Why did you come? Why do you go to church? Is it an event? Is it just another meeting that you go to? Why, I mean, I would not pay people to sit and listen to them. Do you understand? It's boring. I'm sorry, I'm just truthful. Why would you spend an hour singing? What's so significant about singing? Just think about what you're doing, okay? Why would you listen to an hour and a half of a guy screaming on the top of his voice, lungs? Why would you do it? Why? Why would you do it? Because there's a value that you place on someone that you're becoming like. You're placing a value on Jesus. And you're saying, Jesus, doesn't matter what these people look like. Doesn't matter how crazy they are. Doesn't matter whether I'm at that level or not. What matters is, I just want to be like you. And I'm telling you, if you have that heart, if you have that value system, you are being transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus. And now from just being a cell in the body, you become an organ in the body. And you begin to have significance in the body. Do you understand? Very important that you understand. Individualism is something that Jesus paid a price for. He died on the cross. Please listen to me people who come to you and promote their self ministries not part of the church i am a forerunner of the church i love the church of jesus christ the body of christ is what god has established to be the machine that brings forth life you understand the the church of jesus christ is about him When people promote their ministries, their own ministries, they're just saying, hey, listen, I don't want to be a part of a church. But yet they want to come to a church to speak. Because they they get an offering at the end of the day. And then they walk away with that offering and they're like, yeah, man, I'm doing the will of God for my life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You cannot be outside the body and have an impact in the body. Do you understand? You must be committed to a house. You must be submitted to a house. And you must have a father over you. These are my conditions when I have people that come to speak in our church. Relationship with Kelsey and me is last down the line. First thing is I want to know what body are you part of? Are you part of the church? Or are you outside of the church looking at all the problems and want to try and fix it? Are you with me? I have zero tolerance for that. Because you are in the body, you know the struggles of the body. You're in the body, you know, man. You know how much people hurt. You know how much people are suffering. Without without you being connected to the body, you really don't know what is happening in the body. So whatever you're addressing really has no power. See, even if you use medication for the body, God in his his amazing power has created the body to self-heal. Uh, I think I'm losing you now. <laughs> Do you understand? You can use all the medication you want, but at the end of the day, your body heals itself. So don't look at the flaws of the church and be like, oh, you know, you need, we need somebody who come and fix this problem over here. No, we don't need to fix the problem. We just need to wake up and, and, and smell the problem in, around us. <laughs> we have to smell it. Hey, If there's fire somewhere, there's smoke somewhere hello, yeah. wherever there's the we have to find it, it's our responsibility let me tell you something, it's your responsibility when people don't come to church it's your responsibility yeah. come on. not the pastors hello, not it. marketing yeah. not the worship team's responsibility you put too much pressure on the people in the front if your friend hasn't come to church guess who's, who's suffering he is yeah. she is if she's not sitting in these chairs, it's your responsibility to make sure you love her so much, love him so much that you bring them and say, hey, and our grace, God's grace is sufficient for us. Amen. I've seen people, and I've heard this thing so many times, you know, parents who encourage the children not to go for church activities because of exams. Ooh, okay, I think we'll go back to Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, There's there's an epidemic of fear. There are people like Sam and and Sheena's kids who were in church activities, and even Chris and Lily's kids, the church activities in the night before the exams, and they go for the, when they sleep at night, God is the one who's teaching them. Angels come. You must, understand, you must understand what's happening. The child was sitting in the exam, don't know whether she's going to do well or not, and an angel comes and takes the chalk and writes on the board with her name and tells her that she's going to pass an exam. I mean, how much, how much of God do you really understand? We put so much of emphasis on study, 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 study you're going to get smacked, and cancel TV, cancel fun, do all of that stuff. And the kids grew up hating education. You need both. You need the education of the Word of God. Amen. And you need education in school. Please don't think that I'm, I'm cancelling that. You need both, but you can't make a decision for your children based out of fear. You have to base your decision out of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the, the, the fruit of the Spirit in which you discipline your children. That was absolutely free. The third thing that Paul was addressing was divisiveness, division. And I addressed addressed this earlier. It's addressing division. You know, some people take it upon themselves (coughs) uh, to um, insist that there's a problem in someone's life. Even if there's nothing, they make up something. These are are the nosy people in the church. (laughs) Oh, oh, what's happening? What's happening? Come, let's pray together. Come, let's agree together. What's happening with Brother Ricardo? (laughs) Divisive people. And these people really come into the church and they want to rub the problems of people into one another. Let me tell you about that, brother. Oh, did you know the story? Don't, don't send your kids to that meeting. Because I one day went there and I looked. And I saw them dancing around in a circle. Do you know? (laughs) Is that what you guys did (laughs) yesterday? Do you know that's what they do for witchcraft? Is he? And then and they're like, really? Witchcraft? In the church? Oh my God. Does Pastor John know? Maybe you need to pray for Pastor John. Come, let's agree together. That Pastor John has come under witchcraft now. You see how. how maybe Pastor John doesn't know what is happening in his church, so maybe he's come under the spell. <laughs> And Pastor John is oblivious of what's happening. Doesn't even care about this stuff. But people cause division in the church by taking people aside and then taking them outside. (laughs) Every time, listen to me, the Holy Spirit will lead you to the church. Any spirit. That leads you outside of the church. Is a divisive spirit. But divisiveness. Is an epidemic in the church. Divisiveness. People think about themselves. More than they think about people. And when you come into a community like this. Where self has died on the cross. Self. Died on the cross. And he gave birth to a community. Yeah. He gave his body to you and I. Yeah. So it's not about me. Really. It's really not about me. The higher you are in position in the church, the, the greater the responsibility to go lower. Yeah. Oh, wow. so good. So good. Jesus, although he was God and man, chose to become a servant to even Judas. The strategy for the enemy is to alienate people, to take you aside, fill your mind, poison your mind, and take you out of the church, take you outside this community. If you were ever tempted to go out of this community, I want to tell you, the one that was tempting you was not God, (laughs) because God does not tempt you. The one that was tempting you to come out of community was the devil. And he causes you to be divided. Because he understands the synergy in community. He understands that when you come here and you push through the natural barrier of time, and you say, I'm not here just for myself, I'm here for the person sitting next to me, he knows that he loses. And you should know that you're winning you should know that you're winning. Amen. Every time you spend time with lifers, whether it's one or more, Amen. On. if two agree on earth, yes. heaven is released over you. Amen. Do you understand? Place of value. So Paul is talking to the people and he's saying, this is why people are sick in the church. This is why people are dying in the church. Why, Paul? Why? <laughs> it's because they are not discerning the body. They're not discerning the body that God has placed them in. They're not discerning the community that God has placed them in. And so they come now. You come here on a Friday. It's okay. You come here on a Friday and we're in communion. Right? Like we're doing today. We're just about to get into communion. And so Paul is saying these people who come into church and make it a routine. I only want the best seats. If I don't get a seat in my chair, I'm going to get offended. I'm going to leave. If you don't put me in the front, I'm going to leave. You don't have to leave now. (laughs) 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 Do you understand? We have... We have so much of self happening in church that we fail to recognize the body. Every time you fail to recognize the body and you take communion, listen to me very carefully, you take communion, you're eating into sin. You're eating into judgment. Why? It's because you are judging the very body that you're eating. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're judging the very body that you are a part of. Have you heard of this experiment? The person takes a tree and he curses the tree and he keeps cursing it till it dies? Right. That's what you're doing to your own body. Only because you fail to recognize that this is the body of Christ. Only because you fail to honor the body that you're a part of only because you fail to place a higher value on the community than yourself do you understand you place more value on yourself so you you need to eat the word you need to eat the community i need to be first in line i need to do the I, 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 I need to be prayed for i need to receive pa- if the pastor doesn't talk to me oh i'm not going i'm going to leave this church hello you can leave the church not a problem you're the one suffering but when you come now and you're about to take part of communion, you're, you have the body of Christ and the blood of Christ in your hands. He says you have to discern the body. You have to discern what it is you're doing here. You can't have an issue, please listen to me, you can't have an issue with your brother or your sister and eat communion. You can't have an issue with the pastor or the pastor's wife and eat communion. You can't have an issue with your wife or your kids and eat communion. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have an issue with the worship team or the person sitting next to you in this chair. It doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter what they look like. Doesn't matter what they've done. Your responsibility is to honor. Yeah. And he's saying discern this. Discern this. That the person sitting next to you is a part of the body. Yeah. Now think about it on an Larger scale. Just think about life as a cell in a body. Wow. Of many cells, yeah. many churches, many denominations. Yeah. We're so easy when it comes to just spitting words against churches. Yeah. Against people, against pastors. Yeah. Against Christians. Oh, that Trump, you know, that Trump, I don't agree with Trump We say all of that kind of stuff. We come to church and then praise the Lord. Of my soul. And Trump is a part of the body. We have issues with the politicians in in the country. Please listen to me. We have issues with the politicians. And what does the Bible say? You cannot get into authority unless God places you there. And he says, submit to authority, to the government. And you have problems listening to your NDTV and your Times News and all that kind of stuff and people bickering in CNN and Fox News, fighting with one another over politicians, and you sit and agree with them, and you come to church. Mm, praise the Lord. (laughs) We're eating. And then we wonder why I'm supposed to be experiencing an abundance of life, an abundance of grace, but actually my body is deteriorating. I'm feeling sick. My bones are cracking. Like my organs are failing. Like I don't know what else is happening in my body. Pastor, please pray for me. The pastor that is praying for you is also part of the same body that you spoke against. And so we think, okay, this pastor, now this pastor is praying for me. Now my prayers are not answered. So I'll go to another guy who's also part of the same body. (laughs) And then we jump from church to church, (laughs) searching for a pastor who has more power than you. But I'll tell you, there's no one more powerful than Jesus in you. Do you understand? And you must understand that you are not greater than the community that God has called you to. Oh, some good stuff coming out. You are not greater than the community that God has called you to. John is not bigger than you. Please, I'll tell you straight up. I am here to serve you. I've been given this responsibility. I don't like public speaking. I like public singing. <laughs> but I have positioned myself in such a way, in humility before God. I said, God, I can't do this. I need your grace. And so now he brings a beautiful wife into my life. And then she says, Come on, sweetheart. I am agreeing with you with God's call in your life. (laughs) Grace comes. And then you start preaching like you never preached before. You understand? It's very important that you understand that. When you have someone in your life, in the community, who believes the call of God on your life, it propels you. It propels you. Now think about it at life group. Do you have someone in life group that you are in close connection with? Someone in, in church that you are connected to? Man, I'm tired of people who come to church and leave. I'm, I'm tired. I want people to stay. Stay in fellowship. Yes. Because God hangs out till the last person leaves. Yes. Amen. I want to be able to add value to people till my, my, I drop down. Do you understand? We stay in church till about 9, 10 o'clock. It's not a problem. And then we go out and have dinner with people till about 2 o'clock in the morning. You might say, well, you know, John, you know, you're a pastor. I did that even before I had a pastoral call over my life. I did that even before I was a pastor of a church. I did that when I had a full-time job. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But you must understand that your purpose in a community is given to you by God. You fulfill your purpose when you're connected to community. If I were to ask you in this room, how many people do you know? Look, everybody's like <laughs> So I'm not gonna ask you. How many people do you know in this community? How many people do you really, really know? If I had to have a bridal shower and, and I threw a party for somebody and, and I was like, hey, you know, let, write five things about this person, what would you write? <laughs> if I were to ask you the question, if it's not your husband or wife, don't write, okay? If I were to ask you a question about, about the person that's sitting just after your wife, just write five things about them that you know about them. What would you do? It's like, uh, Holy Spirit, give me revelation, give me revelation. No, you can't, you can't do that. It's evident that we don't know the people in our church and we expect to experience the grace of God. Ooh. Come on now. We expect to experience the grace of God. We think I'm coming to church, Pastor John would pray, and he sings thus, sings my soul, then sings my soul, and all that kind of stuff. And when he waves his hand, everybody falls down and then they wake up the same. <laughs> <laughs> And we think that, that all of that shaking, rattling, rolling, all of that stuff is, is, it, is it is God for sure. But when God does something, I, I, I ask people, why does God need to electrocute you, right? And shake you like that, in order for you to understand something about his love? I mean, I don't know, when, when I want to love my wife, I don't catch on. <laughs> this is how much I love you. <laughs> See, we've 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 uh, we've into a relationship with the false form of God. Yes. God is a person. He's a, he has a, he has a character. He has he has he, he has feelings. Yes. <laughs> he has he he hurts. He has he grieves. He's a person. You can build relationship with him. You just not have relations. You can build. You can grow in relationship. And you can get to know him in the same way. You can get to know the people in this church. Let me tell you, that the two great commandments that Jesus gave us. He removed all ten because he knew we'd fail at all of them. He gave us two. <laughs> he gave us two. Can you tell me what they are? And? The great commandments. What is the greatest of all commandments? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And then love your neighbor as your... So in it is community. There's a trinity just in those two commandments. You cannot love the Lord your God if you don't love yourself. Hello. And you cannot love your neighbor if you don't love your... So now all of you are sitting in this room as self. Do you understand? Your responsibility to love God and love people. You can. Let me tell you something. You cannot love God if you don't love yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Now let me tell you something else. Let me push you a little bit more. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. Can I push you? Yeah. You cannot love God if you don't love your neighbor. Yeah. Hello. It's the Trinity. They are all connected. Your neighbor has the same spirit of God that you have, we try to create this sense of church as an attendance, as an event, not as a relationship, like, how, like have you hung out with 10 people in this room, have you hung out with 5 people in this room, have you hung out with 2 people in this room, have you hung out with all 400 of you, <laughs> no, I would love to. Like, honestly, if you give me an opportunity, you don't run home, I will say hi to everybody in this room. I will ask you your middle name, I'll ask you your mother's name, I'll ask you for your birth date, I'll ask you for all the information before you go home so that the next time I see you, I would know you completely. Do you understand? That is my commitment to people who are in my church. But I need my people to do the same. (laughs) I tell you, otherwise, we'll just rally around another man. So if God has to take John and Kelsey and send them to another country, this community will sort of feel amputated. You understand? This community doesn't revolve around John and Kelsey. It revolves around Jesus. Trust me man, let me, woman, both of you. (laughs) There are more eloquent speakers in the world that will come and dazzle you forever. But you will not find it in the relationships and the people next to you. And sometimes we place such a high value on men of God, that the man of God sitting next to us, we treat like slaves, we treat like servants. We treat like they're like, oh, they, they don't deserve to sit at the high table. This is please, you're looking at me as if like you don't practice this. It's not an intention, it's a some sub- subconscious reality. But it's not your fault. This has been going on in the church since the beginning of time. Since the beginning not beginning of the beginning of the church time. And it creates more division in the church. Are you with me? Yes. So I want you now, today, I want you today. To build relationships with five people in this church. That's it. Five people. Today. Build really good don't don't start this. Oh, I'm a girl, he's a guy. I don't want to. <laughs> you can't say, Well, Jesus, you're a guy, I can't build relationship with you. You can't say that. You've got to love your Lord, your God. Be pure in your love for people. Don't be perverted in your love for people. Do you understand? Five people today. Okay, you have to build relationship with five people. It's a commandment. <laughs> that is, it's a, <laughs> thus says the pastor. <laughs> five people, not five people you know. Five people you don't know. Because five building five people relationship with five people is pretty easy. Five people you don't know. See, I tell you, when you build relationship with people you don't know, you'll begin to value Christ in them. And you'll exist for them. You'll come to church not just for just an event. You'll come to church because you're coming to add value. The grace that God has put on your life adds value times 10 into somebody else's life. The miracle that your neighbor is waiting for is in your mouth. It is in your power. You can come together in agreement and you can move heavens on on their behalf. Every single person, please listen to me, every person in this room is as powerful or even more than the man in front. Every person. I'm not devaluing myself in the kingdom. Please, my identity is secure. But I'm trying to form your identity to to make you understand that you are more powerful than you think you are. But you've got to have a heart for people. You've got to have a heart to fellowship with people. All right? So let's stand up. You did great.